0: I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person enjoying the food, uh, wonderful food of the summer, and someone who is both deeply hopeful for the future and tired by how long it seems to take. Um, But on today's show, I want to talk about two hopeful things. Uh, This is National Farmers Market Week. And so the number of farmers markets grew from just under 2000 in 1994 to more than 8,600 in 2015. And farmers markets do so much. I mean, it's fresh, healthy food for us, a great experience. Plus, um, at a time when American farmers only receive uh, less than 17 cents out of every food dollar spent in America, food markets uh, can put in about 90% of the money can actually go to the farmers growing the food. Um, Thriving food markets and thriving co-ops also preserve local land and when you preserve local land you help the pollinators you help the water and the entire ecosystem so I'm excited about National Farmers Market Week and uh, later in the program we're going to be joined by Sina Plaggenkugel she's the assistant manager of Minneapolis Farmers Market and we're going to be talking about shopping at the farmers market also we're going to be sharing recipes and a little bit about how to pickle so um, so we can we can be sharing recipes I'm also blogged a bit about the recipes that um, I did so you can go to Food Free FreedomRadio.com and look up um, some of the recipes and see some of the photos of the way that I've been cooking. Um, But first, I want to play a clip from um, something that happened in Wilmer about a week ago, and this is in the Partners in Egg Innovation. Their keynote speaker was uh, Jason Broadwater, and he's an author of a book, Old Town, New World, and he's talking about how to get an economy that works for rural Minnesota. Here's the clip.
1: Local farms opening themselves up to local consumers through direct retail is not just an innovation driven by point-to-point connectivity. This is also a phenomenon that I call community industry integration. In our old models, industries are not integrated into their own communities. They're just not. For example, Kandiyohi County is known for being strong in ag industry. But does that mean that there are farms in Kandiyohi County? Well, maybe, but not necessarily. Does it mean that you have the best restaurants in the world? Well, probably not. I mean, I don't. maybe. I don't know. Does it mean that you have no food deserts in your community due to the ample amounts of food that you produce in the area? Well, no. Actually, much of Wilmer is a food desert for people living in poverty. The point here is that the ag industry has been disconnected from the community. It is a silo that is participating in the infrastructure of the 20th century supply chain and not as an integral part of your community. In the 20th century trade model, farms, food processing, and restaurants are miles apart, not only physically, but in the supply chain. Things go in order, and access is only for those who can participate at scale. The industries don't interact except through the organizational infrastructure that is the global supply chain. But all that is changing. Point-to-point connectivity is breaking open the traditional structures that govern the flow of product and money in the supply chain, which means growers, processors, restaurants, retailers, and consumers are all touching points in rapidly evolving ways. At the same time, local businesses, large and small, are integrating into their communities. So um, they, they've took a little
0: break now, but just to get a flavor of how the um, current supply chains work. Think about um, China buying soybeans from Brazil and so the Amazon forest is cut. <laughs> That's not working for the planet. It's not working for our, ourselves either. Um, and so I'm going to go back because he took a little bit of break and we're going to talk uh, again, I'm going to play another clip from his, um, his keynote this week at the um, in Wilmer
1: growth increases those needs locally, yet in the 20th century model, to have medical technology businesses and food processing businesses as strong industries in your community has no positive impact for medical or food needs locally. They are completely disconnected. At best, these industries provide jobs to people in the community who can then spend their money on health and food, which is good. If they're good-paying jobs, then that works well enough. But unfortunately, adults who work full-time for minimum wage live in poverty. And this perpetuates the problem, as poverty is the greatest driver of poor health, both physical and mental. So here's the hard truth for us in economic development. If an industry is functioning locally and is employing a large amount of people from the community at a minimum wage with minimum benefits, then that industry and those businesses are not necessarily a net positive gain for the community. I know that's hard to hear. There's always tax base, but future businesses, both homegrown and recruited, need to see their role as being integral with the community and to believe that it is part of their own success. A healthy, positive, engaged community equals a quality workforce and a quality way of life for everybody, whether you own a business or work for one. We try to get businesses to our communities, right? But why? Let's stop and remember why we are doing all of this. What benefit is a business to the community? And what type of community are we creating? Economically speaking, businesses equal revenue, right? And they equal revenue in two primary ways. Businesses pay taxes and fees, that's number one. And businesses employ people, that's number two. The people go on to pay taxes and fees. So, even at the strict economic level, The value proposition on getting a business to come to your community is eliminated if, number one, they don't pay taxes, and number two, they employ people at an upside-down community cost ratio. Let's not forget that the government exists to serve the people of the community. Each person in the community is a customer of the government. All of the customers are equal, and the government serves businesses only in that by doing so, it is serving the people of that community. The business owners are people, the employees are people, and those who benefit from the increased wealth in the community are people. We're doing all of this for the people. That's the point. So what do people want? Well, people want these things. Safety, food, health, housing, employment, and amenities. Right? Safety, food, health, housing, employment, and amenities. Employment might mean having a job or it might mean having a business, whatever.
0: So, again, that was Jason um, Broadcore and his author's book is Old Town, New War- World. And he was speaking at the uh, Partners in Egg Innovation um, event held last week in Wilmer. And, you know, this is what we've been talking about is what is the economy for? And right now our food system just, I mean, means to side off because we are, we are we're just not sustainable. And what does that mean to not be sustainable? It means the system doesn 't work for our kids, and if it 's not working for our kids it or their kids it 's not working for us. Um, there are so many consequences to pesticides we have so many um, so, so many issues in terms of the climate change and 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 the other the way to switch over to a regenerative food system is so. It holds so much promise, and yet it seems very difficult in this moment of time to switch. And that's why it was so hopeful for me to hear this in a place like Wilmer, and you know, the Turkey Association, the Pork Association. Um, there was a, a lot of the leaders in egg were there listening to um, to Jason, and he makes some really simple sense. Um, if people are poor, that's not working. That's just that doesn't work. If people can't feed yourself, it doesn't work. Why get a job? Why have markets? Why get jobs if you just gonna if, if they're just for COVID and to get sick? I mean, what's the point of it all? And maybe the point is to really reconnect and reconnect with what is important to us. And and in this time where we've been uh, forced to be physically separated. How do we connect on a on a social level? And and I believe that we do not connect without our connection to our nature. Without connection, without without the sense of you know, water is life and trying to connect fundamentally to the earth and understanding the earth's limitations and creating an economy that works within the earth's limitation. And there's a lot of fun economists out there. Um and there's a the club of Rome. Some things they've, they've talked about something called like the donut economics. You've got to you've got to have an economic system that doesn't overshoot the the um, the planet um, the capacity of the planet. But when it comes to these things, how do we as individuals move something forward, right? And 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 it gets so complicated. But what do I can can I do as an individual? All right. So what we can do as individuals is go to the farmers market and figure out how to cook. Um, and yet at this time, it's also sad to see that there has been a run on ramen noodles. So there are too many people in our community. I don't want to blame and shame them because they're working a heck of a lot of jobs, right? And they have been um, inundated with television commercials and fast food commercials their entire life. Um, and they are pressed for time. And ramen noodles can be 29 cents a package. And it works. Um, how do we – how do we – how do we how do we feed ourselves? And so when we're talking, we're going to talk to the Minneapolis Farmers Market, and and they have ways of eating for five dollars a meal. And how do, how do we create the system where we can have affordable, healthy food for all people? You know, it's, it's all hands on deck. How do we do that? Um, and that's, that's what we're we'll going to be talking about. We're going to take a break now. Um, but when we return, um, Sina Plank Google, she's the assistant manager of the Minneapolis Farmers Market, will join us. It is National Farmers Market Week. And we're going to be sharing all sorts of cool recipes. Like uh, one of my favorites is uh, just make up. Take all your fresh produce. Cut it up, put it in a big pot, let it stew down a little bit, and put most of that in the freezer so you can take it out later on in the year and make some quick healthy meals. Um, and uh, yeah, we were meant to live a healthy healthy life, and um, a healthy life is uh, is, uh, is is good for bees. What's good for bees is good for humans. You're listening to Food Friend Radio on AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nurture the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and this is National Farmers Market Week. Yay. Um, joining us by phone is Sarah Plagenkuhl. She's the with the uh, Minneapolis Farmers Market. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Thanks, Laura. Thanks. Okay, so tell us what's going on for uh, National Farmers Market Week. Yeah, so it
2: is an exciting time at the Minneapolis Farmers Market. You know, uh, we've spoken previously before about, you know, the differences that people experience with COVID and our directional arrows, but this is a really exciting week because it's just a time to celebrate all of our farmers and all the hard work they've done to bring beautiful produce and products to our community. Um, So this weekend, we're doing something fun for our customers. We're doing a Farmer's Market uh, Taste of the Market giveaway, um, which will have... All these different fun market finds it's going to be $100-plus value um, for this basket of goodies. Um, but really what we want to do is encourage our customers to come on down and just, you know, give give some love to our farmers, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and love to ourselves at the same time. I mean, um, the, when you give love to the farmers and you give love to yourself and give love to the food and somehow we generate a better world.
2: <laughs> That's right.
0: And when we were talking earlier, um, I mean, um, tell us about the um, impact of COVID on the uh, farmer's market.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, when a customer comes to our market, there's obvious changes. I feel like at this point in all of our lives, we're pretty much educated that, you know, the shopping experience is going to be a little different with having directional arrows to follow, keeping... You know, you have to decide for yourself to keep that six foot of space in between one another. Um, but then we also make sure that we work really hard to make sure that you can do that at our market. Um, and so our farmers have changed their sales process as well. So when you come, like right now, it's time pickling season. Everybody wants to come and get their dill and get their everything that they need to pickle, and our farmers kind of have it that's so it's so easy for you to shop. They have pre-orders options. You can call ahead um, at the market to, to make sure things are available, and they have it just really easy for you to come in, shop quickly, and leave, but we're trying to also make sure that you still can have that happy experience. You can still talk to the farmers and see, you know, what's the freshest, what's in season, what's new, what have they what have they grown up differently this year. Um, so, yeah, just that's kind of what the type of experience you're going to have when you come.
0: Yeah, because um, that's one thing you're saying is that, that it feels like it is back to being the happy place.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's still a happy place. You can still come on it. Like what's new right now is you can you can eat at the market again. You can sample the the products um, that the farmers have grown, uh which is really exciting. But I mean obviously we you can't just go around and have a, a grilled corn on the cob. Um, there's a designated heating area for you and we have it comfortably where you can sit down uh six feet apart from one another. Uh you know, have our hand sanitizer station. Um, eat your grilled corn right at the market and then continue on your shopping. Uh, But yeah, so it's still a lot of fun and it's still a great place for you to create those connections again. I feel like right now um, in this world where everybody has a different opinion on everything, something that we can kind of have common ground is food, right? Mm -hmm. And who were you telling me that you kind of had that experience with your family recently here at the market?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah, so, uh, with my family, um, I mean, you know, it is, it is time for us to be, uh, physically dis- distanced, and, and I know that's really hard for a lot of people, um, you know, Grandparents aren't seeing the grandkids. Um, you're separate. Uh-huh. Um, and what I've heard and what I'm practicing is you, know, you stay in your pod. So I have my little pod, uh, which includes mm-hmm. my 89 year old mother, my sister, um, and, uh, my, my direct family. Um, and, and that's it. You know, that I'm not going outside of those bounds. I'm, I'm, you know, still at AM 950, but I, I, I'm very, I've been very, very careful. Well, within that within that little circle, I, I did um, I did go uh, to the farmers market uh, last week and bought a ton a ton of food and prepared it with <laughs> my mom and with my sister. Right, so we were doing mm-hmm. it together, and it was a very connective experience. Not to mention, you had great that food is for all so week. So good
2: to hear. Yeah. That is amazing. So, what did you guys end up uh, bringing home?
0: Well, okay, so let's see. I did blog on it, and one of the things that um, that I tend to do that's kind of hard for a talk show host person. I am, I don't know exactly what I'm going to cook before I cook. I'm a very spontaneous cook. And so I loaded up on a ton, a ton of produce. I had zero waste. And I, I, I so, uh, so the, instead of looking at the recipes, I sort of blogged, this is what I did. <laughs> but, um, but one thing that I did that was a, a big hit. So that, that first day, well, the first time is I, I simply, uh, started with roasting. So we had beets, uh, we had beets uh-huh. and, and potatoes and green beans and eggplants i <laughs> And um, beets, and put all of that stuff in the oven, and just washed and baked it, and then I could use it all all throughout the week. I used them in different ways. Um, And then the other thing I made is a gazpacho or vegetable soup, and I made a a ton of it. I mean, we're talking like a a gallon of it. But three of us were using it. I gave it to my family. My sister was able to give it to her family, and so um, you know, it it went. It went. We didn't have any waste. And I, I, when I was at the farmers market, I just bought what felt like I. I wanted to buy at the moment, and when I was cooking it, Mm -hmm. I cooked it all, and I ate it all.
2: (laughs) You know that is so amazing, and I love that you had zero waste because our farmers are so proud of their produce. And if you go back next time, let them know that you used every bit of it, and that would bring so much joy to their eyes. (laughs) I think that's a huge thing. That I mean, I don't know. Growing up, I always heard, you know don't don't waste anything. You know, our families come from different you know, different backgrounds or maybe didn't have as much money and they want to And I just remember being that drilled in their head, like no food waste, no food waste. And I hear that all the time at the market because the farmers are just so proud. Like, don't you dare not eat all of that or that type of thing. It's so good to hear that you, you still follow that too.
0: And that's another one of the side effects of growing something. If you grow and watch something grow from a little seed, the idea of wasting mm-hmm. that food is really super tragic. I mean it is. It's such I mean just and 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 I know I've been uh working on a story we're probably going to be doing something in September something called upcycling foods and a, a local person Sue Marshall that's been really working on reducing food waste through innovation and um uh is 30 to 40% of our food is wasted in this country. Um and it's mm-hmm. you know that's not just wasted food, it's wasted human effort, it's it's wasted water, it's wasted uh topsoil. Um mm-hmm. so um <laughs> But um, and I I want us to make sure we get into some recipes um, as well. But um, one question I've had is: Do the farmers, when the farmers markets, farmers go to the market? What happens if they don't sell all their produce? Does that get wasted?
2: You know, we for a very long time, over a decade long, here have a partnership with the Food Group, which is a food shelf um, that provides food, uh, fresh produce to our community. Uh, So. Our farmers, they donate, um, just for example, this past weekend we had over 2,000 pounds of produce that they were not able to sell through the weekend and donate that to um, the food group. And so as it is prime vegetable season, I mean, we still want to encourage our customers to come and support their farmers so that they can have that income, Um, but for what they do not sell that ends up uh, getting donated, which is a very powerful, powerful thing that we can do here at our market to combat food waste.
0: That's wonderful. I didn't know that. And are you still doing the Pay It Forward?
2: We are. So, I mean, as much as we want to give to the food group, we want our farmers to sell the produce and have it in people's homes. Um, But yeah, you can come out to the market and the Pay It Forward program is still thriving. Uh, each week about, I would say, anywhere from 700 to 1,000 pounds is specifically for Pay It Forward. So all you have to do is come. If you want to uh have a tray of carrots donated, just tell the vendor you'd like to pay it forward, and they set it aside. Um, and so... Uh, that program is still going and we'll have it going until the end of the season, which is October
0: 31st. We're going to take a break right now. This is Laura with Food Freedom Radio and joining us is Sina and Cool with the uh, Minneapolis Farmer's Market. Welcome back to uh, Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and uh, joining us is the Minneapolis Farmer's Market, Sina Cool. Hi, welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. Hey,
2: Laura. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, so now we're going to give cooking tips. And so tell us um, your how the Minneapolis Farmer's Market, we're going to talk about different vegetables and what you can do with different vegetables.
2: Yeah, you know... Um, coming to the market, it's all about finding that mark, you know, that special market find that you can't find going to the regular grocery store. And to help educate our customers on how to cook these wonderful, cool-looking things, um, we've decided to, for the month of August, to have a veggie spotlight. And so, basically, our customers can come to the market on Sunday at 8 a.m. near our office, which is located in the middle shed. You can come get a flyer, and we spotlight a specific vegetable. So, for example, last weekend, we did eggplant. Um, And so, when you come to the market, I mean, when you think of an eggplant, I'm sure you think of that purple, you know, that general idea of what an eggplant looks like. But there are so many different types of varieties, and we really just wanted to, to, to spotlight that with a really simple recipe that anybody can do at home.
0: So give us this recipe.
2: So um, this last recipe was a stir-fried eggplant with basil. Um, and so... Uh, Basically, you could use any type of eggplant that you see at the market. So you can try Japanese eggplant, Chinese, or Italian eggplant, or just your normal eggplant. And um, the recipe calls for chili peppers if you like spice. But if that's not your thing, there's obviously alternate types of peppers that you can you can sub. Um, and then we're calling for Thai basil, garlic, honey, soy sauce a little bit of vinegar, um, and then basically you kind of take all those ingredients, chop it up how you like it, and stir-fry it together for this beautiful new way to try different types of eggplants. I mean, I don't think I can get any simpler than that.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, um, well, uh, this was one I, I did and I love. And I, I've heard someone, I can't remember who, but they said one of their favorite things was just to take a lot of fresh garlic and a lot of fresh tomatoes and let that slimmer over low low heat for like a half hour I put some nice, nice olive oil in there with the, lots of garlic and lots of fresh tomatoes so it makes a real a wonderful sauce so do that mm-hmm. and just throw in some diced um, eggplant um, and and some diced green beans if you want it was fantastic and you could serve it over noodles serve it over pasta or just have it um, have it as a stew
2: Mm-hmm. That sounds so
0: good. It was really <laughs> good. It was good. And it was so healthy. And I was actually even amazed at how fast it was to cook. I mean, I think there's a lot of fast food lines that take more time than that type of cooking. Um, yeah. and uh, learning to uh learning to do a basic stir fry and uh one of the um we've been doing stir-fries for I mean that that's our go-to meal. We have it like you know several times a week. And we've been yeah. growing our own peppers for decades. And so, you know, we we know which peppers go with which 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 with with which foods and how to make it really quickly. Um are there other types of um other types of tips you would do with an
2: eggplant? Um, yeah, so there there are, uh, like for us here at the market, I mean, if you ask any of our farmers what they would do with their vegetables, they would say, eat it in its purest element, chop it up raw and eat it or steam it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and honestly, that is the best way to get to know something before you start to really experiment and try different things in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I would say the simplest thing is just try it in its purest form. Understand the flavor of it, the textures of it, and then and then start to jazz it up. We every Wednesday and Thursday, if you go to our Facebook page, we have our our farmer market chef Laura Bonacelli who does a food uh, live cooking show on our Facebook page, and we'll do that for the entire season until October 31st. She does a really good job of doing very fancy, um, intricate, chef-inspired meals. But I would say to start, just, just get, to know it, get to know it. Learn different ways to prepare it, chop it, taste it. Um so
0: that would be my 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 advice and so one of the things um, I, I made as I said I, um in the first and the last segment I, I went last Saturday I got a bunch of vegetables. I didn't even know exactly what I was going to do with them all, but I did not have any waste. <laughs> but one of the simple things I did with my eggplant and I was I was doing um, um the uh, grilled green beans, which is fantastic. I just had mm-hmm. a big cookie sheet um and I put a little bit of oil on it so it didn't stick and I sliced the eggplant and just roasted them. Roasted them on yep. that pan and it was fantastic. <laughs> there was no leftovers to make anything else with because again, I was cooking with my family. There were 3 of us and we just it was so good and so frigging easy and simple, right? Mm-hmm. Dice, slice the eggplant to the thing you want and put it in the oven for 20 minutes, flip it around in between. I mean, it's, it was very simple. And then, um, the same time that I had the oven going, I also, um, took all my beets. And do you have ideas on what we, what you do with beets?
2: You know, um, for, for beets, beets are becoming so many beautiful varieties at our market. Like we have a vendor who has them in all different colors of the rainbow. Um, Right now it's prime pickling season, so people are putting them in jars. um but I personally just like to slice them and just really show off all the different variations of colors and put them in salads
0: mm-hmm.
2: like a little uh-huh. bit of goat cheese, ooh, it's so. For me, I like to eat with my eyes. So I'm always looking, when I come to the market, I'm not looking for the normal, just green, and green bean, and I'm looking for the yellow, the purple, or right. the, the yellow or purple beet.
0: <laughs> That's, that reminds me of one of my closest friends. It's the same way. Everything is like, just, it's all about the look of the food. It's just the look mm-hmm. of the food, you, you know, because that look and that appeal is so important. Um, beets, of course, can be very messy and, and leave a mess in your kitchen. Um, and so this the one simple thing I do, is I I did slice the few ends. I didn't bother... peeling them right at first i just put them in tin foil and let them bake okay. for a long time so they're they're mm-hmm. totally done and then um i did um i did like a dozen beets as long as i got the oven going i, I did a ton of beets and again i was cooking for three families right my mom my sister and myself yeah. and um and so um i we used them in different ways one way i used it um, a couple days later is i'd um, also had a big kale salad so i just added the um my baked um uh, baked beets to my kale salad. And, and so, you know, trying to, um, I, I, I like that. I I love to, you know, go to the farmer's market, buy a lot of food, and kind of spend the next couple hours preparing different foods so that I can use it in, in the meals that I make throughout the week.
2: Yeah, it, it, is, it is the height of veggie season. So what you'll find when you come to the market is look for the bushels. Ask them what the price of a bushel would be or a half bushel. It's so it's if you if you're like, you know, Laura and you like to experiment and cook for the entire like three three, four families, it's it's time prime time for
0: bushels. <laughs> right and um so one thing that i've i've done in a uh, um you get the big pot of stew, stew out and some of the ingredients that go really well is of course the tomatoes the peppers uh the mm-hmm. eggplant um, what uh the carrots whatever whatever vegetables are really speaking to you um put it in a big pot and if you may mm-hmm. need to have some liquid um you can use um a variety of different types of broth but let that sit on the stove for an hour and then pack it in small containers and put it in the freezer. Uh Um, And then, I mean, one of the things that we talked about is that we want a food system to work for all people. And Uh we want to really move towards an economy that works for all people. And one of the sad Uh realities is you can walk into some stores right now and you see that there's almost no ramen noodles on the shelves anymore. And there are a lot of people that are food insecure right now.
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'd have to admit that I I was one of those people, you know, when the pandemic first hit and things we were you know unsure what was to come, and that I'd have to admit that thought crossed my mind too. I bought a box of ramen. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, and um, you know it has its place, Um, but eating from the farmers market can actually be very affordable for families
2: it can and this is this is the time and I'm glad that you mentioned um, that you know what you do is you preserve food so that you can have at a later time and for for our market it's very true that we serve we serve our entire community it's not just one demographic you know that you know um, that middle class family we're serving everybody in, in the entire spectrum of people in our community. Um, and that, that's with our EBT um, healthy savings programs for families in need to, you know, people that have millions of dollars that drive their plastic cars through through our market. Um, so it's so important that we give access to everyone and we also serve everyone. and is true like with our with our veggie spotlight our main goal with writing those recipes is that anybody can, can do this recipe you can spend three dollars on a tray and make a fam a food for your family of four um, with, with this certain recipe uh, but at the same time Laura you know with this ramen thing uh, I come from a background you know where, where we did grow up on food stamps and we did have to Make what we could do with what we have in our fridge, and um, it's it's just really it's really heartwarming and inspiring to know that that we we can provide access to everyone here in our market um, to to great healthy food. That alongside that ramen that you have in your fridge, you can come to our market, and it's guaranteed that you can also, in addition to, add something healthy and fresh. Um,
0: to your meal. And, you know, the idea of mixing some vegetables with ramen noodles or um, having an egg with the ramen noodles to make it healthier or any other type of um, the lower cost grains, um, it's actually Mm -hmm. can be a very healthy way to also eat when you can figure out how to incorporate some of those vegetables.
2: Yeah, I mean, I very well am in a moment in my life where I don't need food stamps, but Laura, I'm still eating ramen, and I'm adding <laughs> in all the extra fixings. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I don't want to say
0: because I mean, there's I, I I'd love to have a no shame world. It's not like ramen is bad. Don't do that because right, you right. know. I mean, yeah, I, um, you can make a you know an Asian coleslaw with ramen is actually something that's um, can be very tasty and cheap, um, and uh, you know you can buy the, um, the 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 cabbage and 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 chop up the ramen noodle and, and people. Who, um, you know, it's you've know, you got to meet people where they're at right now, and, and again, I'd love to change the whole system because, you yeah. know, most people I mean, we just have so much advertising from the fast food and the convenience mm-hmm. culture, and you know, the, the, how do we create something better? And that's what the farmers markets are doing,
2: mm hmm, mm hmm, yeah, it in. in, in- with it being National Farmers Market Week, of course I want to support the farmers who show up at my market every single day to provide fresh produce to our community. But it's, there's over 20 markets right here in Minneapolis. If you see a market, I mean, just take the time, stop on over and we support every single market in this state, in this world. And as long as, as the community continues to support, it can continue to happen. And, and so that message for National Farmers Market Week, I hope, sticks with whoever's listening um, Right, just, just and to, to go.
0: Yeah, we're going to take a bit of a break. But uh, in 1994, there were uh, under 2,000 markets. And today, there's over 8,600 8, markets in the United States. So um, we're going to take a break. And we'll be back for our last uh, segment. Uh, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM
1: 950. Let me tell you why.
0: Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. And it's the peak time in the summer. Um, it's National Farmers Market Week, and so we're talking uh, all things farmers markets as well as recipes with Cena Plague and Cool with the uh, Minneapolis Farmers Market. Um, uh, and when we went on break, um, let's let's talk more about some recipes. What are what are some of your favorite recipes at this time of the year?
2: Yeah. So um, any for me, it's my recipes is goes with what I'm looking at so right at the market right now um, there are so many zucchinis <laughs> and they come in all different shapes and sizes and forms um, and uh, some of the things that I mean I can put I grew up cooking stir fries but my job being the oldest in the family it was to cook my family a meal a quick meal if my parents are at work and bow to meal is a stir fry, um, but with with all the different varieties of zucchinis at the market, there's these. Um, they have them in uh, smaller varieties, so you know you. If you've ever seen a zucchini grow, they can they can be upwards of like twenty pounds. Uh, but there's these tiny little zucchinis at the market, and you can cook the the, the head of it, the stem of it too, and it mm. gives it a little different texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what but what about you? What are, well, some things you're
0: making? Here's one thing that even kids will eat, and it's like, again, something that takes less than five minutes. Uh, slice the uh, zucchinis. I, I like to put garlic and a little bit of garlic and oil in the bottom pan, but you don't need to do that. Just slice the uh, zucchinis, add a little bit of pizza or spaghetti sauce on the top, just a dabble on it, and a little bit of Parmesan cheese uh, cover, and again, five minutes. Voila, it's like zucchini pizza.
1: Yeah. Or you can also, I think, yeah, I think you can do that in the microwave
0: too. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, cause, you know, it's, and, in, in, and then it's not the bread that everyone gets and it's affordable. And, uh, a gardener knows that you can actually have a bumper crop of zucchinis. They're great foods. And they also, you can freeze them so you can make things, um, later in the year with the zucchini.
2: And what's really popular right now is zucchini noodles. Oh. Yeah, so if you go to our Facebook page, we actually have a video of Chef Laura showing us how to do uh, zucchini noodles, and it's 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 interesting. Have you tried that before, Laura?
0: No, I haven't. I mean, I've seen them, and I think I've ordered them other places, but I've never really done my own zucchini noodles.
2: Yeah, because at the market right now, you can, like I said, you can get them in all sh- shapes and forms, and you're like, what do you do with these big, giant zucchinis, and they're just the perfect vehicle to zucchini noodles. I'm pretty sure you have to buy a certain tool for it, mm-hmm. but if you if you if you have access to it, I definitely recommend yeah. that a try.
0: Well, and stuffed zucchini has been a basic in our family for a long time. So just um, uh, cut the Take the whole zucchini, and this is for to do the big ones because I know um, a lot of people don't like their zucchinis too big. You want to get them when they're tender, but. Those those big ones can be a lot of food. You need to take all the seeds out first, um, and mm-hmm. then make like a, a rice, other vegetable. It can be with wild rice and different, veg- uh, and different vegetables, and then just stuff that and top it with cheese.
2: Yes, zucchini boats, zucchini boats. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> and again, I want to. I
0: don't know if I got into the um, cold veggie salad or the uh, soup or the cebachos g- soup was so. Tasty and so healthy. Uh, just It just tastes like summer. And there's a lot of different recipes out there on how to do it. Um, what I did is I um, I, I had uh, – it calls for the recipe I found in the old moosewood, moosewood cookbook called for Tabasco. But instead, I mm-hmm. used my Thai peppers that I've been growing. So I just put Thai peppers and onions and some fresh basil and lemon and lime juice in a container and let that saute – let that um, – be in the refrigerator for um, several hours. And then I, then I, so then I had that, which was a pretty spicy mixture. Um, and then I had the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the peppers all sliced and ready to go into the uh, blender. And I would put okay. in a little bit of my spicy mixture so I could have one batch be super spicy and one batch wasn't spicy at all. But um, that was fun. Oh, I love
2: that. I love that for you know Midwestern person that you, You like the spice. That's very, not very many can come by that, but that's very impressive.
0: Oh, we love to be impressive. Okay, we're down to our last three minutes. So tell us about what's going on at the uh, farmers market for uh, farmers market week.
2: Yeah, so this weekend, um, it's it's a great time to come to the market. Every single stall will have a vendor, and then some uh, still allow you enough room for social distancing, but each table, each vendor is going to have. Um basically what our farmers do is they spend the, the day before picking and going through their gardens and farms and providing the fresh um, fruits and vegetables for the, the next day. So they come right before the, the sun comes up, they're setting up and ready for you guys to come get all of their harvest for the, from the day prior. Um, beyond that, we'll have fun giveaways. Uh, but this is what we're really encouraging is people to to talk to our farmers, to get to know them. Uh, they have a, definitely a message to tell you. Uh, our farmers are not short of talking; they love talking and communicating with everyone. So it's really just meant for everyone to come on by, get a grilled corn, a brat, um, coffee, and, and and have fun.
0: Have fun, and, and the variety of small businesses, um, especially businesses from people of color, alive or, uh, pro, uh, that that are existing at the farmers market, also added to the sense of vitality um, alive in the air.
2: hmm Yeah, I mean, it's it's a place where. I mean, if someone, if you're purchasing um, something from our vendors, and it's somebody who might not look like you, please do not be shy. Even with a lot of the language barriers that might come across, some of the simple questions you can ask first is, "What is your name?" and "What is this vegetable?" or "How how do you cook it?" I mean, those three three or four questions can get you going and comfortable enough where you can have a really cool, honest conversation with somebody. In um, someone that may not even speak the same language as you, you'll get
0: by for sure. Yeah. It'll be a lot of tears. yeah, and it's just fun. <laughs> all the vendors there—it's just a really fun place, and and creating that different type of economy, um, an economy mm-hmm. where all people belong, an economy that works for all, an economy that works um, for water and soil and pollinators. Um, so, Sina, pl- um Plague and Cool, really grateful that you could spend this time with us today, um, and uh, encourage people to head out to Minneapolis Farmers Market. Um, the farmers' markets, um, you know, eighty-five uh, percent of farmer market uh, vendors um, live close to their area. Um, in mm-hmm. in American farmers, only on um, nationally, they only receive seventeen cents of all, every American dollar. But when we're spending money at the farmers' market, the money stays locally. It generates, and you get really good food. So um, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Sina Thank you.